My scripture for tonight is one that is familiar to us all. But this is what God gave me, and I'm not going to be long. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5, Paul writing to Timothy said, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that somehow that genealogy, that spiritual genealogy made it to you. I am convinced of that. And he said to him, Wherefore? I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you. I believe that's what God's doing to this church right now. He is stirring something up. Oh, yeah. Complacency, carnality, flesh. Oh, yes. 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 He said, I want you to stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the laying on of the hands. And then this is what he said. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Somebody say that with me. For God hath not given us The spirit of fear. That's what keeps you on the edge, but not going through. That's what keeps you holding on to that pew. When God's trying to usher in a breakthrough in your life. And he said, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. And of love and of a sound mind. I'm not crazy as some people think I am. I finally found the mind of the Spirit and I don't intend to move out of it. I don't know where somebody can find me a real crown, but I want a real crown by next Sunday. It's going to stay on this pulpit to remind us of who we are. We're not going back. We're not going to let our mind and our thoughts Take us back to where we were. We're a child of the king. I am the king's kid. And I'm going to start acting like it. I'm going to start living like it. I'm going to start talking like it. You be seated. You're not as tired as I am, but I'll let you be seated. There's a lot of sports going on today, and I don't care one iota about it, really. I think the Cowboys lost, and the Texans I know lost, so who cares? But there's something that I learned a long time ago when I was just a kid in high school and, and, and junior high playing basketball, that you have to be careful when you play ball. No matter how good you are, that you don't ever get into the mindset of playing 
not to lose. Playing not to lose. You're not playing to win. You're just playing so you don't lose. We only lost one game my freshman year. We were number one rated team in the state or in the in the in Wichita Falls. Lost one game to an inferior team. Because when we got out there, we were a little bit too cocky and a little arrogant because we had blown everybody away. But this little pipsqueak team came in and rattled our cage. And all of a sudden, it dawned on us. If we don't get our act together, we're going to lose this game. And something happened in the mind. It shifted. Something changed from how we had played before. We had played just break loose and run. And all of a sudden now we start being conservative. We can we make sure we dribble around half, a, half an hour before we pass the ball. Or we hold on to the ball. Because we were trying not to lose. You know what? We lost. And sometimes in life that's how we live. We live to not lose. And we think we're doing good because I'm not losing right now. I'm I'm still a little bit ahead. But that's not how God wants us to live. Just barely getting by. And the mindset that just plays not to lose invariably loses because you can't win with that mindset. You can't overcome with that kind of thought going through your mind. You've got to have enough confidence to believe that you've got what it takes to do it or else get off the court. And in life, we become defensive. When we begin to play not to lose, we became extra cautionary. And we became extra careful and we held on and we tried not to throw a bad pass when in the past we just played with abandonment because we knew that was how we had won. But on that occasion, it was not the case. Now, as time went on, we wound up coming back to play that team again before the end of the year. I'll never forget when we came into the basketball court that night or that afternoon. Those guys came in swaggering, kind of cocky-like, you know, and they started trash-talking because they were going to do it to us again. What they didn't know, though, when we got away from that game, we got worked over. And Coach told us, you're not ever going to be the, the, the champion. You have the capabilities of being, playing not to lose. And there was a mind shift that took place. And when we came out that game, it wasn't no ball hogging and ball hiding and slow dribbling. It was all out down the court, run as fast as you can, throw the pass. If you miss it one time, you won't miss it every time. And we beat their socks off. Because you can't 
play not to lose. And in church, I have come to understand that a lot of times we do church that way. You know, as long as it's good enough, as long as there, we shout every once in a while, or we have a good service every now and then, we, we're okay with that. But when you start playing defensively, and you start posturing yourself not to lose, it's a guarantee you're not going to win. The other side of that is you're never going to develop your skills or your talent or your ability to, be, to achieve what you're capable of by playing not to lose. The only way you're ever going to find out what's really inside of you is to understand there's only one option tonight. We got to win. We got to have a breakthrough. I'm not coming out there wondering or guessing or hoping. I'm coming out there knowing that the Lord is on my side. And if God be for me, who's going to be against me? You say, oh, Brother Hughes, what if we don't have a full house? I don't need a full house to preach. I don't need a full house to have church. I don't need everybody, everybody showing up to have good move of God. I can do it by myself if I have to. I don't want to, but I can. Something happened today in the Holy Ghost. I hope it was that mind shift. Throw up that picture I asked you guys to put up there. Amen. A mind shift. Tell me what you see there. A duck. A rabbit. How many said rabbit? How many said duck? How many of you don't care? How many of you are chicken to even make a commitment? It's both. It just depends on how you look at it. Yeah. And you can come in here and say, well, I don't see anything different. I don't really feel any different. Same people on the platform, same old song, second verse. It all depends on how you look at it. You could walk through those doors running one night, shouting, Revival! Revival! Wouldn't that be a radical change? We might have to call the ambulance because half the church passes out want to know what's going, what's that noise? It just depends on how you look at it. And you can look at it like, well, you know, it's just another day. Or you can understand that God really did do something. That that text message that I got wasn't a fluke. It was a confirmation of what I already knew in my spirit, what I had already witnessed in this church, and what God wanted me to come back tonight and tell you. It is not time for us to operate out of a spirit of fear or worrying that we might lose something. It's time for us to throw the doors open. It's time for somebody to get radical and say, you know what? I'm tired of living on the edge. I'm tired of just barely getting through. My. 
I'm going to tell you what. You can sit down. Now, this is what's been going on in my mind. You know, I feel older than I am. I do. I do. I feel like I've been rode hard and put up wet too many times. And over the last few months, that's been working on me, Brother Cheryl. I've been working on my mind. And I've been thinking, you know what? Maybe my best days are behind me. Maybe I don't have what it takes. Landon, some of these, other, they're going to have to step up because I don't have the strength. I don't have the stamina. I'm not the man I used to be. I'm not, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And that just kept going through my mind. Sometime this afternoon, God spoke to me and said, I want you to go back and I want you to read about my servant, Caleb. Caleb was 90 years old. Forty years ago, God gave him a promise and he saw something. He said, I want that. I want that mountain. And 40 years passed while he waited on God to take out a rebellious and unbelieving generation of people. And when it was all said and done, he's 90 years old. What kind of a man are you going to, what, what kind of a man can enter into the promise when you're that age? You know what? The devil would like to convince me that I don't have it, that you don't have it, that it's past your prime, that it's another person's day, it's these young people's day. Well, I got news for you. I'm not sure some of us have gotten hold of this yet. And even if they do have hold of it, I'm not ready to let go of it. And even at 90 years of age, guys, get the scripture up. I'm fixing to give you a scripture to put up. I want you to start at verse number one. I think it's, no, verse number six. Joshua chapter 14, verse number six. We're going to go down through 14 or so. Joshua chapter 14 and verse number six. This is when they move in. And this is what it says. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephthunah, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and you in Kadesh Barnea, forty-something years ago. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to a spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed my God. Nevertheless. And Moses swear on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever. 
Because thou hast holy, holy, completely, totally, 100% followed the Lord my God. Now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these 40 and 5 years Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day. I said he was 90. He was 85, four score and five years old. 85 years old. How many 85-year-olds do we have tonight? There's one. Now, he was that age, 85. And as yet, I am as strong this day as I... He didn't say I'm the man I was back then. He just said I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. The word strength there does not mean this. It means ability. My ability then is my ability now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the anathems were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord hath said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenzanite unto this day because that he holy say it with me holy followed the Lord God of Israel that sounds kind of radical to me holy amen holy completely now where did he get that from where did Caleb Get it in his mind that he was as good then as he was back then. He had to go all the way back to something God spoke to Israel in the, in the wilderness before they ever came into the promised land. And in that particular portion of Scripture of Deuteronomy chapter 1 through 29 or 30. The, Bible, the word of God begins, and Moses began to bless the children of Israel. And he blessed Zebulun, and he blessed Naphtali, and he blessed all the 12 tribes of Israel. And when he got through blessing them and speaking words of prophecy over them concerning their future, this is how he wrapped it up. And he said, thy shoes. Everybody say, thy shoes. 
thy shoes shall be iron and brass. And as thy days, so shall thy strength be. God spoke to me this afternoon and said, Son, at 61 years of age, I'm going to give you some iron shoes that's going to help you walk through some stuff you didn't think you could even get through. I'm going to give you some equipment. I'm going to give you the means to be more effective now than you ever have in any previous time in your life. There's going to be an anointing that's going to be on your life that's going to be more powerful than anything you've ever felt before. And I said, Lord, if that's what you want from me, then I'm ready to do it. I'm not ready to quit, give up, turn back, or go around. I am ready to get my shoes on. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Put your shoes on. I don't care how young or old you are. God is in something right now that we need to stay connected to. Some people play not to lose, but I want to play to win. Amen. And I'm going to quit making excuses. That's what people that just play not to lose do. They make excuses. Just like we did that day when we got beat. Well, you know, the ref was on their side. He cheated. He fouled us every time we turned around. Never wanted to admit that the reason we lost is because we didn't have the same mind that we had had when we had won all those other games. Man. But that's what we do when we play not to lose. You watch. I don't, you'll hear the interviews tomorrow of some team that lost today. And somebody's going to make an excuse instead of just facing up to the fact that they got whipped or outplayed. Because it's a whole lot easier to blame somebody else for my lack of spirituality. Ah, yeah, it's a whole lot easier to blame my husband or my wife or my kids or my circumstances or my problems rather than saying, you know what? God, you did it once. You can do it again. If you're going to bless and move anywhere, I want you to move right here. If you're going to pour out your spirit anywhere, I want you to pour it out right here. It's not going to end with this weekend. It's not going to stop tonight. But I believe something's being ignited in people's hearts in this building. There's something being ignited in your mouth that you're going to start talking like a king's kid. That you're going to start confessing and speaking not your circumstances, but your promises. That you're going to begin to stand on the Word of God and say, God, I don't have anything else to stand on, but your Word is good enough, and I will stand on your Word. Come on, stand to your feet right now and clap your hands to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. I'm not asking you to shout tonight. We did a lot of that this morning. But I am, I am looking for some radical folks that will add that word holy to their vocabulary.
that whatever I can do, I'm going to do it with all of my might. That I'm not going to let my position discount my usefulness. David's brothers were warriors. They were fighters. But David was just a shepherd boy. Amen. Other people may overlook you. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what other people say about you. What, the only thing that really matters is what God's saying about you tonight. And there's other people around you that's more talented than you, more gifted than you. It doesn't matter. Because God's not looking for your talent. I mean, look at what he's done. Does he need my talent? I mean, with just his words... He can speak and a world comes into existence. <laughs> all the cattle, all the sheep, all the fish, all the birds, all the trees, all the grass. What is my paltry little gift, my paltry little talent compared to what he has? It ain't nothing. That's not what he's interested in. He's just interested in somebody that will say, Lord, I'm going to be wholly yours. I don't know how you can use me. I don't know where you're going to use me, but I want to be completely yours so that wherever the opportunity is, wherever the time is, whenever the time comes, that I will be in the right place at the right time and that you will lay your hand on me and use me to reach somebody or turn somebody's life around or see revival come in a way that we've never seen it before. Amen. Somebody that will add holy. Somebody that will say with Caleb, give me those iron shoes. <laughs> Don't give me any house shoes. That's what I was looking for the other day. I was looking for some house shoes. I thought, you know what, I'm going to buy me a pair and bring them up here because my feet hurt. God said, no, you don't need house shoes. You need iron shoes. Because I've got something I still need you to do. It's going to take those iron shoes. You're going to have to have some toughness about you. You're going to have to have some stamina about you. Brother, you, oh, but I'm 61. I'm 84. I'm 93. I, I don't care how old you are. And I don't care how young you are. God's got a set of iron shoes for every one of you. If you'll just step out and say, God, I want to be that man. I want to be that woman. I want to be where you can do something to my world, do something to my community, do something in my church that will forever transform us so that we will never go back to what we were. Is there anybody here interested in that tonight? You're not even going to wait to see if your friends come. You're going to go ahead and do it right now. You're not going to wait to even see if your family come. You're not going to wait to see what somebody else does. I sure everybody. I'm just asking you, is there anybody here tonight that's ready, that's hungry? Somebody that said, you know what? I want to be wholly His. I want to be completely His. I want to be totally His. I give oh, all yes. myself a radical to way of you, living. Lord, here oh, I yes. am. My God, my God, my here God, I my am. God, my God.